Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast from SturdyMcKee.com. How's your business going? I mean, really going. If your answer is, well, some of it's great, and well, some of it's not so great, the first thing you need to know is you are not alone. And there is a way to get more great and less not so great. So check out the 12 Focus Forward Pillars at SturdyCoaching.com. The 12 Focus Forward Pillars are the structure that you need in your business to give you the time and space to pursue your business passion. That's the 12 Focus Forward Pillars at SturdyCoaching.com. Welcome, and thank you for listening or watching the Focus Forward Business Podcast, um, where we share the journeys, stories, and lessons of amazing entrepreneurs. I'm Sturdy McKee. Uh, my programs help business owners bring structure out of chaos and make more profit while making the world a better place. And I'm your host for the podcast. And today I'm really happy to bring you Aaron Kosnetz, founder at Influence Hunter. Um, thanks so much for being here, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me on the show today, Sturdy. I'm excited. Cool. Um, so will you please tell the folks a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Aaron Kosnitz. And I started a company called Influence Hunter a few years ago. Uh, The idea behind Influence Hunter is that there are a lot of companies out there that really want to get involved with the influencers and kind of find a new way uh, to reach an audience by leveraging these influencers that have an opted in audience and that people trust them and their recommendations. Uh, But the thing is, oftentimes these influencers can be really expensive to work with to start. Uh, and a lot of people have no idea how to begin. Uh, so what we do at Influence Hunter is we find what are called micro or nano influencers. Uh, and I can go into more detail as to what we look for there. And we reach out to them in bulk. Uh, so usually hundreds or thousands of them at a time mm-hmm. in order to find the ones who will post just in exchange for a free product. Uh, from there, we measure the impact of each influencer using a few different KPIs in order to determine who's actually performing well. And then we take the best ones and we keep them on board long-term as brand ambassadors. So really what we've tried to do is take, uh, you know, influencer marketing, which was really only for the big companies with big budgets and try to make customizable solutions that work for companies of all different sizes. So how did you come up with this idea and how'd you get started? Yeah, so actually... It was back in university when I first uh, came up with the idea. When I first started, I was working with a company uh, that was trying to connect influencers and fans so that you could talk to your influencers. It's kind of similar to what Cameo ultimately created. Uh, And at the time, uh, I was in charge of going out and actually finding influencers to be on the app. And I realized that it was a really hard process. So, you know, I would try and reach out to 50, 100 per day, uh, but I was just manually kind of searching and it was really, you know, hard work to come up and, you know, create those lists every day. And I looked around for the solutions and everything really seemed to be targeting these big companies and the big influencers and the big budgets. Uh, And this was a true startup I was working with and they didn't have that. So I was stuck crawling through Instagram and I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way here to do this. Um, So I did some research, uh, couldn't find that much. And I was like, you know what, why don't you, instead of going and working for some other company and trying to help them with something, why don't you just see if you can uh, start this on your own? So that's what I did. That is such a classic entrepreneurial 
<laughs> Sorry, there's a problem. Why don't I solve it? That's awesome. Um, so in your startup, in that kind of startup mode, is there anything you wish you had done differently? Yeah, there's lots I wish I'd done differently. I would say, um, first of all, I probably should have charged more at the beginning. I was barely, I wasn't charging um, much at all. Although on the flip side, it was a great learning experience because, you know, while I was in school and maybe didn't need to make a ton of money, I was, you know, getting all sorts of clients and running all sorts of campaigns and really figuring it out. But uh, in terms of having a business model, you can't be, you know, charging $100, $300 for like a lot of hard work. It's not a sustainable business, which is what I was doing when I, you know, was just getting started. Uh, and also, um, I would have hired people sooner. I really felt like I wanted to do everything and wanted to control everything uh, and learn, you know, I, I didn't have any money. So that was one thing. I really didn't have money to hire people. Um, and I also just wanted to make sure everything was done properly. And it, I could have grown sooner and quicker had I hired people sooner. Um, so I would definitely say those two things um, but they were both learning experiences. And in the end, it was good because, you know, because I did everything, I knew what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. And I knew the ins and outs of every aspect of the business. So when we did eventually start hiring people, I could train them on the roles properly. Uh, so, mm -hmm. but, but definitely could have done it a little sooner, I would say. Cool. So why did you pursue entrepreneurship and owning a business? I mean, you're at university, you could have gone out and gotten a job. What? What possessed you? Yeah, so I actually always kind of knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, right from when I was in high school, I decided, you know, that's that's the life I want. I don't want to have to report to someone and, you know, have to work for them and, you know, kiss their ass and hopefully move up and get a better job at some point. Like, that's not what I want. Um, I really want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and I remember my dad said to me when I was 18, he said, uh, you should, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, you should go out and just start something. Don't go to university, take the money that you would use to go to university and just go out and do it. Um, and it was kind of good advice, but it was kind of horrible advice because I didn't know anything at that time. And also I wanted to be a, a university student. So I came into university with the mindset of, uh, you know, I want to come out of university with my own business. Like I really do. I wasn't ready to, you know, drop you know, just start my own business at 18, but I knew that it was what I wanted. So I spent a few years being what, uh, what's kind of called a wantrepreneur, where you really want to be an entrepreneur. And I was constantly working for startups, trying to think of ideas, trying to get as much experience as I could before ultimately deciding on, on what I wanted to do, because I knew that being an entrepreneur was what I wanted. And I know it's risky, but, but in my opinion, there's no better time to start than like university when you don't have that much bills to pay. Um, you have a backup option of like getting a job after. Um, and then because so many people who like I know, and uh, I'm sure, you know, too, will say, you know, one day I'll start my own business. And some of them definitely do, but then some of them get, have kids, they have a mortgage and then they can't quit their cushy job. Uh, you know, and that was kind of what I was scared of is that maybe that would happen to me. And then, you know, mm. but I knew that I would be an entrepreneur if I didn't apply for any jobs uh, and just started <laughs> my own business and didn't give myself any other choice. 
Okay. So um, one of the things we talk about is like getting things done. It's always a challenge. You, you know, you're pulled in so many different directions. You have so many things to do. Um, what advice or tips would you give business owners and entrepreneurs who are struggling with, you know, that not having enough time problem? Yeah, a couple things. First of all, make, make to-do lists and sort them by what's most important. Second of all, delegate whatever you can delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, and third, don't be distracted in trying to do too much at once. So when I first started this company, uh, I didn't make a pitch deck to investors to try and raise money. Now that's great for some businesses, but in my mm-hmm. business, I didn't need to do that. Um, and I didn't go out and create these big advertising campaigns or create a whole business strategy plan. I focused on the two things that I felt really mattered, um, which was selling my service and Mm -hmm. becoming better at my service. So all of my time was spent doing those two things. And anytime I think early on, at least that I had spent doing anything else business related, wouldn't have been a good use of my time. It would have distracted me from getting better at the two things that mattered the most, which was selling my service and getting better at my service. So figure out what those things are for you that um, matter the most for your growth and for you to become a better business and spend your time focusing on those, hire and delegate for the ones you don't, and then, you know, put the other things, you know, if you don't have the money to hire or delegate, which I didn't, just put them on hold until you do and focus on the stuff mm-hmm. that really matters. No, that's great advice. The focus, it, it's, you're, it's so important and it's so easy, especially, I mean, it's always been, but it's even more increasingly, um, you know, the distractions and <laughs> all the other things going on that can take our attention away from the most important things. So thanks for sharing that. That's, that's huge. Um, you know, so one of the things that people on the outside always, I guess not always, but they think about and see kind of the rosy and we tell the good stories and we're always, you know, we're trying to be positive and entrepreneurs are op- um, optimists, right? So um, what we don't share though are the challenges. So what, what kind of challenges are you currently facing in your business? And how are you working to overcome them? Yeah, absolutely. So being an entrepreneur isn't about being the smartest person. It's about being the toughest, I think, because everything that will go wrong, uh, can go wrong, will go wrong. So there's absolutely. been so many struggles throughout the course of like starting your own business and so many times where I wanted to quit. Um, so some current challenges we're facing are, um, you know, trying to figure out. So we're, we've increased the prices to a point because we've kind of proven that what we do works. Um, but for our past existing clients that can't afford the upsell um, that we're doing, which is called whitelisting, which I can go into more detail where we mm-hmm. kind of use influencers for Facebook ads, we're trying to come up with something that makes sense for them and makes sense for companies of all sizes. And also as we grow, we're trying to hire good people and retain good people. It's hard to do as a startup. Um, Uh So going through growing pains there, going through growing pains with the pricing, dealing with crazy clients, um, you know, any kind of problem that you can think of we've, we've faced, I would say these are much smaller problems than to when, you know, maybe a year and a half ago when I wasn't making very much money and, and, you know, people in my family, my uh, friends were telling me, you know, you should go get a real job. And I was like, you know, 
I have to make money. Now we're, we're making good. Like, I know I can continue to do this. I have mm-hmm. to figure out the ins and outs. And obviously there's some huge problems and sometimes it's hard, but it all like pales in comparison to when it was like, man, am I actually going to be able to be an entrepreneur? Um, so, you know, having that perspective definitely helps when, when you have these problems in every day, but, but definitely don't expect it to be as easy as it looks when you hear people talk, because most of the time you're hearing the successful people. And even those successful people had a lot of really bad days where they thought that things weren't going to get better. Well, and that, I, that's an important note. Even, even the quote unquote successful people are facing challenges currently as well, you know, because I mean, the definition of business really is a problem. You got into this to solve a problem. The irony is that there will be a new problem today, <laughs> you know, how big or how small, um, but it, they just keep coming. And that's, that's kind of what we signed up for, you know, is fixing those things and doing it. And yeah, it can be hard, but I, I, I appreciate you sharing that though, because I think so many entrepreneurs feel kind of a sense of isolation if you will, and alone, you know, loneliness in facing those things and don't realize that everybody's kind of um, doing that all the time. And it's one of the advantages I get. I get to see behind the curtain on so many different businesses that, yeah, it's a constant. Cool. So what's your, let's switch to the positive. What's your, your, sorry, what's your proudest moment in business? My proudest moment is that, you know, I just turned 25. most of the people who work with me or on my team are younger. And we currently have uh, about 10 people full-time that can get paid, have a really cool, interesting job, and that we're able to support them, help them grow in their career. Um, And that, you know, after all that, the company is still making money. So to me, you know, like just being able to do that and being able to work with such amazing people. So I, I, I was struggling on my own for a while doing this. And when I finally brought on business partners, it changed everything. You got to find the right people, people who are really invested in what you do, people who trust what you do. Um, but being able to share this with them and you know share your problems with them, as we said, you have so many problems. It, it's tough to struggle on your own. It's easier to struggle with people who you know will bring you up when you need it. So just being able to provide, um, you know, a really great place to work for a bunch of young people. And, you know, we're just on the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to be able to do. Oh, that's very cool. Thanks. Thanks. So what's the biggest thing you learned recently that you wish you had learned or known at the beginning? Um, I think this is like really recency bias, but uh, <laughs> maybe expectation setting and understanding what you're capable of. So just to give you an overview, um, I w- we've really noticed now and we've changed our packages accordingly is that there's three parts of the company, uh, three sides of our packages that we offer. Uh, so the first is these mass gifting campaigns where we give people uh, the influencers free product in exchange for their post. And that's really great for content. The second is a budget managing campaign where we work with really big influencers. And that's really great for getting as many people to see it. So it's really great for impressions and reach. And the third is these whitelisting campaigns where we take the influencers ad account and we run Facebook and Instagram ads through the influencer 
to lookalike mm-hmm. audiences. And that's the best for conversions. Now, I didn't realize that when I restarted. So a lot of the times we would, I would probably oversell uh, how many conversions they could get just with gifting. Um, we had a couple of companies that did a ton of conversions just with discount codes through gifting uh, early on and really felt like, you know, we could repeat that, but they were really unique companies. And some companies did as well, but some didn't do as well. Uh, and the fact that we'd sold them on that uh, with like those case studies that we'd made, um, you know, we, we had to learn from that. And now we know that, you know, gifting is optimizing content and there may be conversions that come from it. But what we can guarantee is the number of influencers, number of people who are actually going to post, number of content generated, because those are the deliverables that are actually in our control. Um, so just learning what is, you know, what can you actually deliver a hundred percent of the time and selling that accordingly and not just selling, you know, this is what we did for company X. Uh, I think hopefully we can do the same for you. No, really figure out what you're actually going to do. So who's your ideal customer? So our ideal customer is really anyone with a cool and unique product in kind of the health and wellness, fashion, beauty, fitness space. It's a consumer product. Um, We work with companies of all different sizes. So we'll work with true startups that want to get started here to, you know, companies with around 50 employees to we've worked with like Blaze Pizza, um, who is, is much bigger and is kind of everywhere. Um, so we really don't, uh, we have custom packages that fit all different sizes. I think it's really got to be a cool, unique product, the type of product that an influencer would be willing to post for just in exchange for the product because they think it's unique and want to try it themselves. If it's something that they've seen a million times, it won't work as well. Right, right, right. No, that's great. Thanks. And I love how you describe that too, because you're really... I think too often we get caught up in kind of some of the stuff that doesn't matter, like the perhaps the size of the company or, or whatever, but you've really narrowed it down. That's awesome. Um, so how about sharing with us a favorite business book or article or something you've read or seen recently that you think might help, help folks out and, and what's important about it? A favorite business book, I would say Four Hour Workweek. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with it? Sure. Yeah. So by Tim Ferriss, I think that one really helped me know that I want to be an entrepreneur. I've read it uh, three times. So really what it helps you do is um, make you as like optimize your time as much as possible. The whole idea is that people waste so much time doing things that they don't need to do. Um, It gives you a kind of step-by-step process. If you have a business or an idea of how you can do this in supposedly four hours a week. Now, I don't recommend actually just working four hours a week, but you can definitely work less than you think you can. And even if you want to still work 40 or 50 or 70 hours a week, this can make you work better, work smarter, just by taking some of the practices in this book. So I highly recommend uh, that anyone out there read the four-hour work week. I love that book. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Any other thoughts you want to leave, leave us with before we wind down? Um, I would just say that if you're, I guess, if you're thinking of starting a business, just go out and, and start something uh, small, see, uh, see what like that can do for you and, and give it a chance. Don't over prepare, 
go out there and actually try something. That's like the biggest thing I can preach is that that will make all the difference. Well, and that's great advice too, because you've got to find out if people want to buy it. Exactly. And, and, right. You do a ton and ton of planning and go out there and nobody wants what you're offering or not enough people, then yeah, that's, that is a huge waste of time. So thanks for sharing that as well. Cool. Well, Aaron, this has been a great conversation. Uh, thanks. And I'm so impressed, especially, you know, I know everybody's going to remark on it, but that you're 25 and you've done this already and create, you know, created jobs and a, and a real viable business. I really look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Steady. It was, uh, it was great speaking with you. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm.